Hello everyone and welcome to another Game Luster podcast for E3 2018 and in this one we are talking about Sony's press conference which we have just watched and it was a pretty good one. A lot of cool great games were shown off and I am Trevor, editor-in-chief here at Game Luster and I'm joined this time by our social media manager Haley. Hello. And one of our writers Michael. And we'll we'll kick things off right here with how Sony began their conference. They actually didn't begin it in a traditional theater. They started in this cozy little intimate tinted church setting. And it they opened it with like so many conferences did at E three this year. It was a theme, I guess. They opened it with a musical score. And in this case it was a banjo tune. And that was immediately followed by gameplay footage from The Last of Us Part 2, of course, Naughty Dog's sequel to uh, 2013's The Last of Us. And it it showed two, two moments or parts to the game, which we'll get into. First, I want to go around and ask both Haley and Michael if there was any single game from all of it that they wanted to talk about first, like their one big game takeaway. And we can start with you, Haley. I'll I'll turn it over to you first. Was there one single game from Sony's conference that really got you hyped? I I wouldn't say one single game got me hyped. I think all of them um, got me hyped. I'd have to say that the one that stood out to me most, though, was probably... Um, what looks like a new IP called Control. That looked extremely interesting. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see more of that. It, to me, it kind of looked like a mix between, uh, this one game. I'm, mm, I don't remember the name of it. I had it. Oh, Quantic Break, I think it was called. That was an Xbox exclusive. Quantum Break. Like- yeah, I think that's what it was called. Not sure. Um, or Quantic Break? Something. Something. It was called something, but I know it was an Xbox exclusive. And it reminds me of a mix between that and kind of like Infamous. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely excited to see how that game turns out. And I think it was interesting to see more of the lineup for actors and actresses within Death Stranding. Oh, I think yeah. that's neat. Like that that's definitely an A plus plus cast right there. So I'm definitely I, I think at this point they might as well just make it a movie. Like, yes. <laughs> just make it a movie. Don't even make it a video game. It's yeah. just, it's just gonna be so great cinematic wise. So I'm definitely excited for that. Oh yeah, that has got the Kojima vibes all over it, especially with oh, yeah. the the actors that will be featured in it. And uh yeah, you know, you could say Kojima just needs to make movies because yeah, he's got the cinematic feel down. So anyway, um Michael, what was your big takeaway from Sony's press conference? Um, like Haley, a few things got me hyped, but the biggest one was Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. I was both happy and angry at it at the same time. Really? I was happy because it was like, oh, you know, we got new footage, we got some gameplay footage, you know. 
we learned a little bit more, but at the same time, I was left with just even more questions as what the hell is going on in this game. Definitely. I I know there, there were some... I mean, the main thing about was we finally got to see what I assume is gameplay, but we did get some story bits. There was the, the family photo that Norman Reedus's character, I believe he's named Sam, held up. Um, there was some reference to the creatures, these dark creatures in this world, whatever they are, having powers like over time or to create like giant craters. And, and there was, there was the, the thing with the baby and the little yeah. container that uh, Sam is carrying. And you're wondering just what's going on with all this. I mean, within the context of the world, it seems to all make sense. It's not like it's just mindless zaniness going on in this trailer. Um, but what does all this stuff mean? You know, I mean, you assume some sort of post-apocalyptic thing, right? Some kind of monster invasion. Yeah. These babies have some kind of power, but... Yeah, there's just a lot of questions. Like, I still... And the gameplay, you know, what we saw the gameplay, it does look, you know, it looks Metal Geary. I mean, I, I kind of had some flashbacks even to Metal Gear Solid Five. I guess that's just because I had Kojima on the mind. But, you know, there's sneaking, there's climbing up cliffs, there's traversing chasms on tiny little bridges. There's, um, I mean, we didn't see any shooting, but you assume we saw he was holding something like a gun at one point. But yeah, just a lot of questions. Yeah, it really has that Kojima vibe to it. Oh yeah. Just especially after playing uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 or Metal Gear Solid 5, you know, kind of has that vibe to it. I'm not sure if anyone picked it up, but during, like, while he was traversing the landscape, there was a lady talking in the background, and... Uh, Norman Reedus was talking too, and uh, I think she asked him at one point, can you see them? And he's like, no, I can sense them. And we saw that with his whole hand kind of like turning into like hives, like he got hives. Um, and then the blonde lady popped up, but he also said that um, when some woman came on and was like, you know, do you want to work for me? He's like, no. I am like a transporter and that's kind of where we saw him like carrying like all that stuff. So I'm assuming that um, he is employed by some company to go out and get things and find things for, for people. And he's able to do that because he can sense where those creatures are and when those creatures are near. So I'm wondering if the baby is some sort of, transporting job for him he has to get this baby um from one location to another for some odd reason maybe this baby is i don't know like the the end to the creatures or something like that yeah yeah some kind of chosen one theme going on in the story and i remember two thoughts on that i remember in the first footage we saw of the game um the, the more heavyset character um, acted by uh, Guillermo del Toro, he had a baby as well. And then it seems to, or at least I got the feeling it was suggesting that the baby was connected with that little antenna thing that Norman Reedus powered up. Yeah, it looked like he uh, 
inserted like a tube into himself or something like that. Yeah. But it, it, it could just be like that and antenna thing has nothing to do with the baby, but whatever it was, it seemed like it was helping him hide and cover from the monsters. I mean, maybe, maybe the baby can not only see them, but has some sort of power to, um, like make them go away or at least like keep them at bay. Cause it seemed like that light flashing seemed to deter them from him because he did wake up the baby, um, before he went outside, he like knocked on the container and you could see the baby wake up in it. So maybe, um, the baby is some sort of weapon against these monster creatures. And it, there seems to be a theme with umbilical cords because like the monsters were kind of hanging down by them whenever they would appear. And whenever text appeared on screen, it was like little cords came down from it. So yeah, the, the whole, the whole baby thing is a pretty big theme. And no release date was given. So who knows when we're going to find out about all this stuff, but I imagine it's going to be like, way in the far-off, distant future, like 2020. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I at least see us getting a little bit more next year also. I mean, how many times can they keep teasing this until everyone kind of just gets fed up? So I'm hoping that they give us a little bit more soon. At least a little bit more than just, hey, here's two more actresses that we're adding to the line. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe uh, like TGS or something, maybe they'll um, give us a little more. That is likely. Anyway, so that is Death Stranding. Now, I, I started us off with um, The Last of Us Part 2. And that that was the gameplay demonstration that took place within the little tented church, and it was based on the setting in that trailer. And it was this very graphic, violent sequence bookended by a very warm scene between Ellie and um, uh, Dion, if that's her name. And the the sequence in between was pretty rough, just like the first reveal of this game, there was graphic violence. There was a guy strung up getting tortured, and you even saw his intestine get ripped out. Uh, the combat was up close and personal with melee weapons. Uh, there was stealth as much as combat in it. And it just looked really, really gritty and intense. So what are your two takes on... And I'll, I'll let you start off... With this one, Mike, what are your two takes on sort of the headliner that Sony opened their show with, with um, The Last of Us Part 2? Part two? Yeah, I, I was impressed by it. Um, like you said, it's really gritty. It's really, you know, dark and heavy, you know? That's kind of one of the things I liked about the first game was how heavy it was. And this one looks like it's just going to be, you know, just as heavy, if not even more so. Haley? I say this one looks a lot smoother than the first one. Um, I didn't 
play the first one, but I watched a lot of gameplay of it, and it just, this, this latest one just looks a lot smoother. The combat looks extremely intense, especially with the one heavy that had, uh, what looked like some sort of, like, axe. I thought that was really cool. Um, but her story just looks a lot more intense than the first one. Everything's extremely dark. And just extremely brutal. So I'm extreme. Ex- lots of extremes. Yeah, a lot but of extremes. <laughs> I'm just. Um, what's her story? That's what I want to know. Because it seems like she's on a hellbent mission. And I'm excited to figure out what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I played. I played some of the first one. I need to go back and finish it. E3. I don't know about you, but it's been inspiring me to want to go back to my backlog because I need to go back and finish The Last of Us and then check out its DLC. And then get ready for the sequel. Although it's not for the faint of heart. Because like even even at the end, like I was almost expecting her to just like cut his whole head off and I couldn't look. So again, very very not you wouldn't want to watch it if you're squeamish. Naughty Dog is not pulling any punches with the intense nature of the violence and the story in this game. After everything that Ellie's gone through, I wouldn't expect them to lay off of all of that. I'd expect them to do what they've clearly did and just pile it on a lot harder for her and just pile on a lot more. Because, I mean, it's not going to get easier in the world that she lives in. Exactly. Yeah, the girl's seen a lot, and I'm pretty sure she's going to see even more in this game. Exactly. Now, those were two of the biggest Death Stranding in The Last of Us Part 2. But there were also a lot of other biggies, like Resident Evil 2, which... Of course, that's already a game, but this would be a looking to be a complete remake. When they showed off the teaser for Resident Evil 2, it started out where you're in the perspective of a rat, and there's a bunch of violence going on, and you're wondering, okay, is this a game where you place a small animal, and then it zooms out and you see a guy getting attacked by another guy, and he's starting to rip his throat out, and you're thinking, okay, is this a vampire game? This is really gross, what's going on? And then it pans up, and you see Leon S. Kennedy in his Raccoon City jacket, and it. I was like, yes, you know, here we go, Resident Evil. What are your two thoughts? And I guess first I should preface this with if either of you are huge Resident Evil fans, and then what are your thoughts on Resident Evil 2? Um... Yeah, I've been a fan of the series since the first game came out way back in the 90s. Um, you know, and I've kept up with it since then. So, and 2 was one of my favorites, so I'm really excited to see what they do, you know, with, you know, the current gen capabilities that they have right now. Man, I remember when the trailer started, I was like, what is this? Like, cause like you said, yeah. we're seeing through the vision of a rat. So I was like, um, okay, two guys fighting, what is this? And then when Leon walked in, I was like, oh, man, yeah. they're really doing it. This is yes. awesome. Yes. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of Resident Evil. I haven't played them because I'm a scaredy cat, and <laughs> I'd rather not play zombie games, but I'll watch other people play them, so I'm not, like, super terrified. Um, but I know a lot of my friends are hardcore Resident Evil fans, but the one thing that caught my eye was just how gorgeous it looked. Like It did it look looks, gorgeous. It's absolutely phenomenal looking, so I'm quite curious to know... You know, if it's actually a remake or if they just slap some pretty graphics on it and called it a day. But I think a lot of people are probably really excited for it. And speaking of how it looked, I mean, Leon S. Kennedy, the detail on his character model was great. Of course, he was in Resident Evil 4. That's one of the reasons why I, I love his character. Um, I have not played the original Resident Evil 2, though I have played the original and others in the series. And then it looked like, of course, there's a big bad enemy chasing him. And did either of you get a Freddy Cougar vibe from this enemy that it showed at the very end, this guy in a top hat, and then it looked like a monster burst out of him? I don't know what's going on there. I hope it's not a crossover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was trying to remember if I, that was in the original. I know, like, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis... I haven't played it, but I know in that one there's a big enemy chasing you as part of the gameplay. And that's yeah. what it looked like this one character was in the trench coat and the um the what you call it hat. That they and then they showed it right at the end, it was like, Oh, that's you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, but I anyway, no crossover announced. But there is apparently a big bad enemy chasing you. And also, yeah. setting, of course, looks to be Raccoon City, which is great. Yeah, they, it looked like they still have that dark, desolate feeling that, you know, you had when you were playing the original. Now, another really cool-looking game that they showed off was by um, Sucker Punch. It's called Ghost of Tsushima. And it looked really, it looked really beautiful. Now, do either of you have any thoughts on this new original title or any takeaways from the gameplay demonstration? It looked phenomenal. Yes. Can I pre-order 900 of them right now? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like uh, somebody mentioned this, um, but it seems like a lot of games are doing... Asian lore or history and I kind of like it it all looks yeah. extremely gorgeous they're all doing their own periods and their own takes on it um, but when it comes to uh, Ghost of Tsushima I just thought it was really pretty and really smooth and the stealth was awesome there was some sort of like grappling hook thing that you got to see for a quick second um I think the ending was the thing that really, like, I was I was just like, hmm, like, shouldn't they be working together instead of, like, fighting each other? Like, what is this about? But then they did come together at the end. I think it's going to be great. I'm super excited for it, and I'll probably buy it. Especially because I really like the Infamous games, so I don't think Sucker Punch is going to let anyone down. And they also made Sly Cooper, didn't they? 
Yeah, I think yeah. so. Now, in the trailer, it did reference um, the Mongol invasion. I'm no history expert, but I'm I'm betting that it must be set in China. Feudal Japan. Feudal Japan. Okay. So apparently at some point the Mongols were invading feudal Japan. I need to go back and get get my history degree all over again. Though granted, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't focus on Asian history. Better go pull out the books. Ah, the island of Tsushima. Okay, I'm reading about it right now. So yeah, a lot of history to read up on here to get the context right. But yes, it's we got a taste of interpersonal melodrama amidst wartime and like a lot of games in this sony press conference it looked pretty violent now one game that that didn't look violent it was actually kind of a breath of fresh air was shown at the very end and it was spider-man a nice little comic book light way to end the conference and there are other things from before in the conference we'll touch on. But to sort of continue with the biggies from this conference, what did you two think of Insomniac Games' Spider-Man? I mean, not a huge lot of new stuff we haven't seen before. I mean, he's jumping around, slinging webs and stuff, but are either of you Spider-Man nerds who are really, like, hyped now for the specific characters it showed? Well, I'm a huge Spider-Man nerd. Awesome. I've got... um... I'm really excited for this. Um, I'm glad it's being done by Insomniac. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching the um, the trailer, I was like, "Oh man, nice!" You know, like, "Oh look, they're including Shocker and Scorpion and Rhino." Like I'm thinking, okay, we're probably gonna have like these big uh, five bad guys. You know, we gotta fight, and I was just really excited about it. I'm not big into, like, superhero stuff and comic books. Um, I'd still say that Spider-Man is kind of violent, though, because they were all beating each other up. But it looks at the end, like, in the trailer, that he recognizes someone, like someone comes in to save him. Yeah. So I'm curious to know who else is in that world with him. Any speculation, Michael? Uh, not really. I mean, I got a few characters, you know, jumping around in my head, but otherwise I really don't know. Okay. All I know is every time I see it, I'm always... I always think of Ratchet. I mean, Ratchet is voicing Spider-Man, of course, from Ratchet and Clank. Obviously, yeah. I actually do not know the voice actor's name, but he he works with Insomniac, and I love I love hearing Spider Man talk with that same voice actor. I just love it because I keep thinking, yeah, Ratchet is voicing Spider Man. Terrible typecasting on my part, I'm sure. So now there were a few other little goodies in here. One of them we had gotten to look at before in Square Enix's conference. And it's another biggie. I, I shouldn't have... Well, I'm not bookending it by putting it here. It's another biggie. Kingdom Hearts 3. We got another look at it. And a big part of this look was that we saw Pirates of the Caribbean. So Pirates of the Caribbean, Captain Jack Sparrow, and all that great stuff. 
will be a part of Kingdom Hearts 3. And that, plus Toy Story, plus Monsters, Inc., is making me more and more interested just to explore this crazy world where all these things collide, which I guess was the whole point of Kingdom Hearts in the first place. And I'm inspired. My brother has played the original. I have not played either. And I'm very inspired now to play through Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I don't know about the spinoffs, but to play through those before the Sur one comes out. Anyway, um, what what are your two thoughts on Kingdom Hearts 3? Oh, I'm really excited. Um, I believe we were talking about this earlier in the Square Enix um, podcast. I've been waiting for this game for a really long time. And I'm just glad it's finally got a release date and it's finally coming out. You are not alone. Yeah. I know, especially Christine, has been suffering for quite a while. Yeah, I think it's been like 10 or 12 years since Kingdom Hearts 2. 2005, right? Okay, yeah, 13 years then, so yeah. I gotta say, though, if I see the same trailer again for that game... (laughs) somebody is going to catch a swift backhand because it was... seems like I don't I don't think the the Sony tra- trailer varied the most from the other trailers that I've seen for it but it just seems like the same trailer which is a little bit added each and every time and I'm just like listen like I'm so done with this trailer like just please stop it but the one thing that I liked about it is it seemed like they actually got Johnny Depp to voice Captain Jack Sparrow, yeah. which I thought was really neat. That's what or it sounded got, like. At yeah. least they got somebody that sounds exactly like him. We might never know, but I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Oh, yeah. And am I... So correct my memory here. I know they showed some of it at Square Enix... I, now I'm thinking, was it Microsoft or EA? Did they that they showed Kingdom Hearts three at as well? Uh, it was Microsoft. Microsoft, okay. I had forgotten was about it? that one because I thought that all of the entries were exclusive, or at least like all of the bundles that they're coming out with. Maybe it's just the bundles that they're coming out with um, is exclusive to PS4. Yeah, it's just the. Um... They're releasing a limited edition PS4 Pro, and then they're releasing a bundle that comes with Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, the remakes of 1 and 2, and a lot of the spinoffs that have been released since 2 released. And that's the one that's just ex- exclusive to PS4. Yeah, they're both they're coming to both PlayStation and Xbox, but the bundles are just PlayStation exclusives. That's why... Sony got a nice, exclusive, longer trailer than everyone else. Yeah, showed a lot more. <laughs> yeah, because the Microsoft and the Square Enix trailers were almost the same. Yeah. Which surprised me. There was like five seconds of difference, but still, they were almost the same. And they did something similar with uh, Fallout 76 when they showed it at Microsoft, and then it was like the same thing... Um, at Bethesda at first before they added some more to it. Yeah. 
And anyway, um, a quick Google search here. I, I see that someone non-Johnny Depp voiced Jack Sparrow in Kingdom Hearts 2. But as far as who voices him in Kingdom Hearts 3, there's no confirmation. But he does sound a lot like him. Yeah. Okay, so... Otherwise, Nio 2. Either you have anything to say about Nio 2. Um... I barely know about the first one. I remember when the first one was in beta, but I really don't remember the first one, so I'm kind of clueless on the second one that's coming out. I feel like the first one got swept under the rug. Like, it's one of those ones that people were hyped for, and then it came out, and then you just never heard about it again. So I'm quite curious to know what it's about and what the second one will be about, because... It also looks like it takes place in Asia somewhere, so I'm definitely interested in that, and we'll have to look into it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have much to say about it either. Um, and then otherwise, there was something else I don't have much to say about was the Call of Duty update thing. Any any words on that? It was the first uh, thing right after The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I think it's for, for the first, the next four weeks or something like that. It's um, available to PlayStation Plus members. I'm looking it up right now. No Call of Duty trailer. Like, I'm surprised. That was I'm, that others expressed surprises at it as at ah at that as well. Like Call of Duty is usually like a huge thing at E3 and it's I mean, one of the yeah <laughs> it's it's one of those games that you know is going to be there it's like okay what games do you expect to be at E3 first one has to be Call of Duty it's there every year so it only being there with oh you can get these four like retro throwback maps from like Black Ops 1 and 2 and that's it it's just like huh okay Thanks for not hitting us in the head with the same baseball bat year after year. Well, hey, it can still be at Nintendo's. <laughs> Coming to the uh, Switch. Oh, oh, gosh. No, please. No. Well, they, they might have their own con. I, I mean, before they had, they've had like their own Call of Duty con, I remember. I mean, they could just be saving something for the PlayStation experience or whatever. Sony's uh, own conferences, um, which they might do depending on when the game comes out. But I'm happy that it wasn't there. And if it comes, to, it doesn't need to go to the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo <laughs> Switch is too pure and innocent for Call know. of Duty. We it's, don't need it. It's been losing oh. a lot of its purity lately. We're no. getting Bayonetta three and No More Heroes, so. <laughs> But um, when they were showing the you know the four maps and everything, I really did think they were gonna show a small trailer of Call of Duty. I was really surprised that all we got was the Black Ops Three announcement. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm surprised too that Call of Duty has not had a presence. That is weird. I'm curious to know if they have anything on the show floor that's 
playable, um, or just anything, anything like that there. Um, maybe they don't have anything ready. Does it have a release date yet? Does anybody know? Um, I think it's in October. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Try to look it up. I mean, if it already has a release date and they're not showing it at E3, I'm kind of like scratching my head like, what are you guys waiting for? Yeah. All right, and then um, last but not least, uh, we got to look at Trover Saves the Universe from Rick and Morty's co-creators. Um, what did you think about that, the whole guy getting electrocuted in his bathtub thing? I was just like, this seems like something the guys from Rick and Morty would do. And did it? Ha- it's, it's a VR game, right? I- I'm trying to to look up stuff to remind myself, but I believe it was a, a PSVR game. And it reminded me of another one I had seen. Was it by the same creators? Would you know offhand? What is it called? Um, office work? Something about an office job? That's a VR game. And it has the guy talking about his happy tree place. What's that game? I'm trying to remember. I think yeah. I know what you're talking about, and I... It's like on the tip of my tongue. Accounting, something accounting, yeah. Some, like Guide to Accounting, or Accounting 101. And I can't remember if that was by the same people, because it reminded me of that. Yeah, PSVR support. Okay, let's see. I'm I'm looking up because I really want to. Let's see, Rick Morty and Stanley. Da da da. I think the game you were talking about is just called Accounting. It is. Yeah, it's just called Accounting, and yes, it okay. is made in partnership with Rick and Morty creator Justin Rowland. So there's still some Rick and Morty crossover there. I haven't actually played it, um, but I mean, it, it's humor. It, it kind of it's stupid, but it kind of gets me. You know, like um. The whole dial 711, because that's the emergency number in this weird sci-fi place, you know, just, it's fu- it's funny, you know. Yeah, it's got that goofiness that Rick and Morty has. And, and with that, I believe we're ending the Sony press conference on the note of Rick and Morty goofiness, I believe... I've hit all the games, unless either of you can remember something that I can't, and that I can't see on this list that I'm looking at. Um, they did announce the, I think we might have talked about this already, but the new game plus for God of War, and then the VR game that I think Sucker Punch is making, that was after the... Oh, that was from software. The one afterwards. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just one. about to. I was just about to bring that up. Uh, I, I don't know how you say it. Deracine, Deracine, Deracine. I, I don't There's know. There's some accents over the e's, so we're gonna be yeah. here all day trying to pronounce <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, that one looked interesting, and it looked a lot different than anything from software's done. You know, as far as like um. 
Dark Souls and Bloodborne go. It looks like really... I don't want to say soft, but like a complete 360 from what I would expect from them. And it seems like the main protagonist might be a female. So I'm, I'm scratching my head like, hmm, what's this going to be about? Yeah. I tuned out right there at the end of it, so I did not. I'll have to go back and watch that trailer. I can't offer any comments on it. I'm also surprised that, I mean, now they did release this during their, like, week up, like, week leading up to E3, but they didn't mention Days Gone, which I think should have been left for the press conference and not included in their week leading up to E3. Um, but I'm extremely excited for that to come out. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that was, they didn't have anything on, um, on, uh, Days Gone? Yeah. Okay, thank you. They did, like, a five days leading up to E3, so they, like, had, like, one game each day, which I can understand why they did that. Like, hey, let's focus on these other kind of, like, bigger games, but I'm like, Days Gone is a big game. Yeah. Um, especially when a lot of people seem to be comparing it to The Last of Us, which I don't think is right. They look like two totally separate games. But yeah. I think that should have been showcased in the main showcase and not in this whole five-day stuff. It just didn't... It should have gotten its proper, proper unveiling. And that is kind of surprising considering last year they made this huge deal about it. And then, you know, this year it's just a brief, you know, leading up to E3 thing when, like you said, you would expect it to be at the main press conference. And also, like, I don't... I didn't really like the format of what they did this year. Like, don't get me wrong, I really like the whole Last of Us Part Two tents where they like like replicated it and had everybody in there i thought that was really neat and i was like yes but cutting over and doing that intermission those people weren't interesting they weren't fun <laughs> they didn't really give us anything new it was just all filler and it was boring and they were like oh yeah we're gonna like fill you in on what we're doing later and then they just didn't say anything and I'm just like okay like whatever just completely forget about your what you were supposed to explain to us but I think the one thing I did like about their whole layout this year is it wasn't a whole bunch of hey let's come out on stage and talk about our games it was more here's the trailers of what we're doing yeah like them I like that a lot more too. Microsoft kind of did that, but not as much as Sony. They really just, after that intermission, they got to just showing the trailer one after the next. I mean, I'm trying to remember, did anyone ever come out on stage for a little spiel? Not that I remember. Don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember. Guy at the beginning for the ghost of Sushuma, um, 
playing that instrument. Oh yeah, that's song. right. They did the have flute. that at the start. Yeah, the flute. yeah, besides him, I don't think anybody came out on stage. Honestly, that was kind of refreshing, especially after Ubisoft earlier. Yeah. Are you still having nightmares about that panda? <laughs> oh my gosh, uh. I hate that panda so much. <laughs> but the musical performances fit, and I know it seemed like a lot of people did musical performances this year, but I feel like Sony is probably the only press conference that I am 100% okay with doing musical performances. Like last year for the God of War one, that was just absolutely phenomenal, and I feel like this year with The Last of Us and of uh, the Ghost game, like it fit and it went well with the games that they're portraying. And I feel like they definitely set a mood. So while some people might not like the musical performances, I definitely enjoyed them. I thought that they fit really well. And Sony won E3 for me, if that's mm. even a thing, because I was just about to ask. <laughs> there you go you got my take even though hands down i'm bowing down to ubisoft because i love assassin's creed i am still i think probably a sony fangirl at heart so i think sony came out pulled all the punches was just like here's the games let's just not talk about it let's just show you the games and and that's it and lastly um I applaud Microsoft on trying to do the same thing, except don't say world premiere or exclusive during every single trailer. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. It's exclusive. It's a world premiere. Nobody really cares. Well, it kind of, it, it kind of got you to... To feel the suspense if you suddenly heard world premiere, it's like, oh, this is this is a big one here. It's not just an exclusive, which might have been shown before. We're seeing something completely brand new. But it dies oh. after like the third time of hearing it. Like, I would I wouldn't care if they just had the card pop up and that was it. But like hearing that guy's voice over, 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 over again, especially when they did like four or five exclusives in a row I'm like I get it like you're showing me all your exclusives now like it just I, t I tuned out after a while and I was just like I just don't care anymore so Haley so far of course it's not over we got Nintendo tomorrow or we got Nintendo yesterday depending on whenever we get this podcast up but Haley you say Sony won Mike, who do you think won? I'm like Haley. I'm a Sony fanboy. I think Sony, you know, um, not just in terms of what they showed, but how they presented it as well. Yeah. Uh, won me over in both ways. And they got, they had more games that I'm excited for than all the other press conferences did. You know, um, like Microsoft, I love the Devil May Cry 5 thing. Um, Don't Make Cry is one of my favorite series of all time, so mm -hmm. that got me excited. Square Enix, you know, had the Octopath Traveler thing. Um, Ubisoft had the Skull and Bones. But Sony had just so many more titles that I was excited for compared to all the other conferences. Pause. Wait. Where 
was the Devil May Cry trailer shown? Was that Microsoft? Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. Change I'm, of heart. I'm hoping that it's not exclusive to Microsoft. Okay. Oh, we just saved <laughs> me. Oh. I, I had that I had that same fear as well, but they confirmed today that it is coming to um, PlayStation and PC as well. It better. I was gonna say like I don't. I... <laughs> They'd be breaking my heart if it went Xbox exclusive. Oh yeah, because then I'd have to go buy an Xbox. Nobody huh. wants to go buy an Xbox. <laughs> and not not even me because I have gaming pc so it seems kind of pointless anyway as far as my thoughts i'm holding out some hope for some fun from nintendo tomorrow so far i'd have to go with either sony as you two do or microsoft i think they're both really well if i'm a fanboy of any of the companies it would have been bethesda but i was disappointed by their conference um there were some unwanted moments of awkwardness uh, the games I really wanted to see just got teased, especially, of course, the Elder Scrolls 6. There's Fallout 76 and the Elder Scrolls Blades, which I'm kind of interested in, but not super excited about. So, unfortunately, I can't go with my um, favorite of Bethesda. I gotta say Microsoft or Sony, but... <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll see what Nintendo has in store for us. Maybe they'll win it for me. You know, give give me some Smash Brothers footage. Give me a Warland reboot because you filed for that trademark earlier this year. You know, you'll win it for me. We'll see. Metro Prime Four. We'll see. A lot of cool stuff that can come. Yeah. All right. So before we close out, any last words on Sony? Buy all their games. Um, yeah, just be looking forward to what they're releasing, because, like we said, they are probably have the most games that we're looking forward to, so just look forward to that. Awesome, and I will say, I need to keep getting caught up on all my games. Sony, like all the others, <laughs> is giving me that itch, like, hey, I need to play these games. Oh, I need to catch up on this series, etc. Well, anyway, that does it for another Game Luster E3 podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to all of these. We'll have more on Nintendo. Now, I will close this out and sign us off. Haley, Michael, and myself, thank you for listening. Tune in next time.